Tonight I want to talk about this message, and before I get into the scripture as such, I want to know, does anyone struggle taking medicine? Anyone? Who? Yes? I see that hand. Um, I struggle taking medicine still. As a 30, one of my 31-year-old man, I struggle to swallow tablets. Should I admit this? Is anyone else like that? Did anyone grow up and it's like, mum used to crush them, like crush the panel? By the way, have you ever tasted panel when it's crushed? It's absolutely disgusting. You know, she'd crush it up for me, mix it with le- uh, honey, what do you call it? Honey, so, you know, honey so I could have a Panadol or something. And to this day, my wife still pays me up because I struggle to swallow tablets. Like, we're trying to do this healthy thing at the moment, so I'm taking these few supplements, and I have to, like, put it in my mouth. I have to, like, the shake. Do you know what I'm talking about? To, like, position it right in my throat hole. I don't know if that's, that's the best name I can think of, but, you know what I mean? You sort of got to do that to get it in position, then I can swallow the tablets. I really suck at swallowing tablets, but I take them because I know it's good for me. I know it's good for me. This evening, I want to talk about this message called Good Medicine. This may not be the message that you wanted to come and get from church today, but it's, I think it's the one that we need, and I think it's the one that we need to continually remind ourselves of and continually take if we want to get all that God has for us. Can I get an Amen. amen. Proverbs 17.22 says this, A cheerful heart is good. It was in the title. I already gave it away. Come on. A cheerful heart is good. But a broken spirit saps a person's strength. But a broken spirit saps a person's strength. What you need, not what you want. I think we, we all need a cheerful heart sometimes. Do you? Have, you? have you felt what it's like to be, have a broken heart or a broken spirit, as the, the proverb here says? that You know, when it's just like, I, I don't understand why, but I just feel down. I just feel blur. I just feel, mm, I just feel okay. I just feel just struggling to get through. We can all endure this brokenness or this lull or this moment for a season, but who knows that when you live there? It's pretty taxing. (laughs) If it says that a broken spirit saps your strength, it's like when you've lived there for a season, it's like, I have no strength left. Have you felt that? I've gone through seasons and it's like, I have nothing left to give. It's like, I quit, I give up, I'm over it, I've got nothing left. This message is for you. I've got two ideas and then we're going to worship. My first idea, number one, are you ready? Dress for the occasion. All the women, I just got their attention instantly. It's like, wow, yeah, I need to know how to do that. Tell the person beside you they're looking fantastic. If that ends in marriage, I want an invite to the reception as well as the ceremony. Free food and a present-free experience. Dress for the occasion. Our good friends Jared and Kate, they got married. You've probably heard this story, so if you've heard these next two stories, still laugh and make me feel good about myself. Jared and Kate's their wedding. They asked me to be the, like the minister to marry them, and I, I was honoured, hey, babe, weren't we? Kim and I we were honoured by the opportunity, and we are like, so thankful that they'd like, want us to marry them. It's like, wow, I feel like, you know, 
I don't have, I'm not an expert on the subject of marriage. I'm still working mine out the best I can. I'm getting better every year. Can I get an amen? Yeah. I only really wanted one, <laughs> but you'll do. Thank you. And I was like, yeah, I'd love to. I'd love to do that. So we went early and we were helping sort of set up a bit for the reception because we're friends. It's what friends do. We chip in at big events like that and we're helping. And it's a bit of a rush going on. There's a few things happening at the venue. I'm trying to tell it really fast. If you can't tell by the hand gestures. And um, it's like 10 minutes before the wedding starts. Kim's like, babe, you got to go get dressed. So sure, I'll get my suit, go to the bathroom, put on my suit. All good. Like go in the bag, pull out the socks, put on my socks. And then I'm like, oh, cool, I just need to put my shoes on, go to the bag. Like, these exact boots that I was expecting to be in my bag weren't in my bag. By now, it's about six minutes before the wedding starts because that's how long it takes a man to get dressed for a wedding. Can I get an amen? Four minutes. And um, I'm like, no boots. Like, oh, no. I'm like, oh, I'll check the car. They must be in the car. Like, I'm, like, I'm a bit pedantic about things, and I really hate when I, like, forget things because I feel like, I'm constantly reminding other people not to forget things. And, um, and I'm like, oh, no, what the heck? I forgot my shoes, and they're not in the car. I search the car, search the bag ends. And then I did what any good husband would do. I went to Kim. I'm like, babe, I think I forgot my shoes. Like, she's like, have you searched the car? I'm like, I've searched the car. Have you searched the bag? I searched the bag. And then she had a look because, you know, sometimes guys aren't good at finding things. But we found you, so, you know, give us some slack. And... Um, <laughs> And then Kim's like, babe, they're not there. I'm like, no. By now, we've got about four minutes before the, like, and I don't mean, like, four minutes before the bride walks down the aisle, before Kate is wearing white this evening. Thank you for role-playing this message, Kate, and you didn't even know. Before she walks down the aisle, and I have no shoes, and it's like, I'm like, babe, what are we going to do? And she's like, you're just going to have to ask someone to borrow their shoes. I'm like, oh, what? Like... And then out of the corner of my eye, who else would appear but Daniel Russell in the flesh right there. So I'm there, I've got my full suit on, socks, and I've got my Birkenstock sandals because I forgot, because I forgot my, my shoes. And I'm like, Dan, I've got the biggest favor to ask you. And he's like, yeah, sure, man, what is it? And you know, like, that's how good a guy is. He just says yes before you even ask you what it is. And I'm like, man, I... Forgot your shoe. I forgot my shoes. Like I'm, I'm about to do this wedding, like right now, like like right now. And um, can, can I borrow your shoes? And he's like, Yeah, sure. So like, what a dude. So I wear Dan's shoes, do the wedding. The whole thing's awesome. They had a great day. It was such a cool celebration. They go off to get their photos taken. I walk to the back of the the sort of the grass area where the wedding was because it was a garden wedding. And Dan is getting ridiculed by everyone, all of our friends. Because who would wear sandals with a suit to a wedding? And Dan's out the back just getting paid out and heckled and all that. And do you know what he said? Not a word. Like, he didn't run me under the bus. He didn't say, it was all slats. It was all him. Like, he, no, he didn't say a word. He just took it on the chin because that's the kind of friend that he is. Can we get a round of applause for Dan? You see, I wasn't dressed for the occasion. There's another story when Dan helped me get dressed for the occasion, and I'll have a photo of that. That's Dan and I dressed as sharks. <laughs> How good is that? 
I even had blue shoes on. I'm wearing shorts over the top of the wetsuit to make it youth appropriate because it was a bit awkward. Um, Dan's there. We've got my shark fin, as you can see. Mouth open, about to eat someone, a surfer at Byron or Ballon or somewhere like that. Really, really cool. Dan saved the day again there by coming through with the wetsuits because we were so busy setting up for this youth event that we didn't think of our costume and we were telling everyone else to get costumes. I probably stretched Scotty Russell's wetsuit for him too, so I'm sorry about that, Scotty. Psalm 30 verse 11 says this, You have turned my mourning into dancing. You have put off my sackcloth and clothed me with gladness. Isaiah 61 verse 3. To console those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they may be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. If you want to get dressed for the occasion, a key is a garment of praise. You see, this garment of praise, like, it works with anything, like, it works with any outfit, like, you know that all-weather, all-purpose sort of thing, whatever that is? I'm trying to relate to 50% of the room here in particular. And just goes with, the garment of praise goes with everything, and it's such a key for us to shift out of our brokenness, to shift out of our heaviness and be dressed for the occasion. You see, the garment of praise, what is praise? How do you wear a fast song? <laughs> My head goes, how do you wear a fast song? No, no, praise is not a song. Praise isn't those two fast songs that we do, that people jump, some clap. That, that's not praise. Praise is getting our focus off our circumstance for a moment and saying, God, you know what? Despite what I walked in or despite what I'm feeling right now, despite what I'm challenging, despite whether I've seen the breakthrough I want or the outcome I want, God, even in my current vantage point where it seems hopeless, I choose to lift you up above it. That's what praise is. That, praise isn't a song. Praise isn't a, uh, a cool name for the first couple of tracks on a Hillsong album. Praise is so much more than that. It's lifting our attention off ourselves and onto Him. Putting on the garment of praise is consistently wearing this attitude. It's, where, it's like I put it on, like I put on this shirt. This shirt will be with me until I take it off. That's what our praise should be like. It should be continually on us. It should be continually through us. Isn't this the gospel message, though? That in our state of brokenness, in our current circumstance, that Jesus came to us. That he came to us, that he, he covered our sin and our shame so that we could have more, so that we could aspire to more, so that we could hope for a future. Pastor Byron read Jeremiah 29, 11 this morning. That says that, that we could have a dream and a hope for the future because of what he did for us. In essence, we praise God by the way that we live our life. It goes with everything, this garment. It, it, it matches everything. It comes in one size and it fits all. You can't outgrow this. You can't lose too much weight so it doesn't fit you anymore. It works with every, every season, summer, autumn, winter, spring. It works for casual, smart casual, cocktail, semi-formal, black tie. It works in any season, in any room that you walk in. And not only for you, but for others as well. I think it's time that we started to dress for the occasion that we started to stop carrying that cloud around with us. 
any longer because if we believe in the redemptive message of the gospel, if we believe that Jesus was enough and still is enough, then we don't have to live condemned. We don't have to live defeated. We don't have to live broken. We don't have to stay there. Sometimes we need to be the king of our own mind. We need to take control of our thoughts and say, you know what? I don't care. (laughs) Caleb, I'm talking to myself here. Caleb, I don't care what you think. I don't care what your experience has taught you in this. I don't care what your, your circumstance is at the moment. I choose to praise, which is lifting God above it and saying, God, I choose to believe in you again. I still think you can do this. I still think you can come through. You know what? It makes you look better too. It makes you more attractive to be around. But it's a trade. Do you know that? Isaiah 61 is, it's a, it's a trade. It's beauty for ashes, joy for mourning, the garment of praise for heaviness, for brokenness. It's a trade. Have you traded anything recently? No? I recently sold my car. He gave me cash. Like, that's a novelty. Like, when do you ever have cash these days? And he gave me cash. I'm not sure where it came from, but I don't care. I took it. I said, thank you very much. I texted my sister because, um, like, I love cars, right? And I'm a little bit of a bogan, so give me a break. I don't care, and I love it. Um, I texted my sister. She lives Augustine Heights, like out near Springfield, that sort of way. And she always pays me out about my car because, you know, whatever, because I'm the guy at 31 that still modifies it so you can hear the blow-off valve, but anyway, that's another story. <laughs> and, um, and I'm like, oh, where are you from? And he's like, Red Bank Plains. And I'm like, oh, I, I could have picked it a mile off, like the top knot, his wife had the blue hair, and I was like, I was like, Nay, that's my sister Naomi. Keep an eye out. There'll be a silver falcon doing a burnout near you, blue hair out one window, top knot out the other window. (laughs) But he took my car, but he gave me the cash. I didn't walk away with the car and the cash. He didn't keep the cash and steal my car because that is stealing. We think that we can have the goodness of God. We think that we can have the garment of praise. We think that we can have the breakthrough, yet we don't want to let go of our brokenness. When will we learn that we can't live in both camps? Either we're free or we're not. Either we're going to occupy the future or we're going to be bound in the past. What will we do? The choice is yours. As for me, I'm going to dress for the occasion. I'm going to choose to put on my garment of praise and say, God, you know what? This looks sketchy. God, I've never been here before. God, I don't know how you're going to come through, but I'm going to choose to lift you above my circumstance and my situation and my current vantage point. We need to be people that learn how to dress for the occasion. We need to be people that learn how to put on the garment of praise. I love that, that line, put it on. You see, in, in, our, in our Aussie culture, we, we, we pay people out for doing that. Oh, he's putting that on. Oh, he's putting that on. And, and I think sometimes it's hard, especially for me, because or, like, being authentic is such high on my value list. It's something I want to be, but sometimes I can't be authentic at the risk of losing my breakthrough in God. And I've, I have, does that make any sense? Uh, sometimes I've been stuck in these two camps where I want to be real and I want to be honest, I want to be transparent, I want to be authentic because I value that so much. 
But at the same time, I don't need to give my current thing too much of a voice because I start to believe it and I start to think maybe that is just my lot and maybe I am just here and maybe this is who I am. No, it's a comment of, it's, it's the, the, the wrestle, the fight between, no, this is who I am, yes, I'm authentic, but God's got more. But yes, this is who I am, but I don't have to stay there any longer. And there's moments where I put it on. Like, for example, I pretend to be more patient than I am. Who does that? When I'm in the car and, like, I have a long drive and Jethro just asks a thousand questions a second and we're in the car for about a billion seconds, I'm like, oh, yeah, yes, yes, yes. In the back of my mind going, seriously, if that kid asked me another question, I'll be testing out the airbag in this car very soon, if you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Not really. <laughs> but, I pretend, but I pretend to be patient. I, I put it on. And, but you don't think that's a bad thing, that I would pretend to be patient with my son because I love my son. Yet why do we think it's so wrong at mo- some moments to put on our praise, to make a decision and go, hey, you know what? Yes, um, that's who I am, but that's not who I have to be any longer. I'm putting on my praise and I'm saying, yeah, God, I believe that you've got more for me than this. I'm more for this, God. I've got more in the future and I'm going to occupy it. Would we be people that would dress for the occasion? Number two, or my second idea, are you ready? Give him a mouthful. Give him a mouthful. Kim and I have a family friend and she's known for her generosity, um, her love for us, and her ability to give anyone she pleases a mouthful. <laughs> Have you ever worked with someone like that? Or maybe you've got someone in your family like that, and it's like, and even as she tells the story, she was like, I went to see this, and I did this, and I gave him a mouthful. Don't you worry about that. And this person, yeah, I gave him a mouthful. And it's like, the whole story is uh, like, it's like a chronicle of her giving everyone in her life a mouthful. And it's like, wow, wow, okay, cool. How, what do I do to not receive that mouthful? in my life from here on. But you get it anyway, and it's all good, and she loves us, and we know that, so we just think about the good things. (laughs) (laughs) But have you had someone in your world, maybe a work colleague or something, and, you know, I gave them a mouthful, use that statement. I think we need to redeem that, and I think we need to start to do it over our lives and our faith, our family, and our future. It's time that we started giving God the mouthful of the praise that we're wearing, a mouthful of the praise and our thankfulness. I love what Psalm 34 verse 1, it says, I will bless the Lord at, sometimes when I feel like it, when I've got just the right amount of low-lying haze in the room, and it doesn't look like I'm going to have an asthma attack, because even though the haze can't affect my lungs, I feel like it should, because it's in the room. And just when, you know, that lead guitarist is doing that thing that I like and he's on the sound pet, you know, the pedal that I like, when he's doing that one and, you know, the drummer's got the light on him and it looks amazing. No, 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 at all times. I will bless the Lord at sometimes, every now and then. No, all times, his praise shall continually be in my Mouth. I love those three statements in there. I will. It's a decision. And it's not dictated by circumstance or where you are or what you're going through. I will bless the Lord all time, at all times. I remember I was picking Kim up from, I think we had an open house at the house we were selling, and um, 
she was at Pilates or something, so Jethro and I went, jumped in the car to pick her up. I don't know why we only were there, but anyway. Hop out of the car and I met some of her Pilates friends and they asked me, oh, is your house sold yet? And I'm like, no, it hasn't sold yet. And she's like, oh, you need to start manifesting. And I'm like, excuse me? <laughs> um, I don't generally try not to do that. Um, like, is that like exorcism or something? What, what do you mean, manifesting? Like, I was, I'm like, beg your, beg your pardon? What, what, what do you mean? And she's like, you know, manifesting? I'm like, well, I do, but I don't think it means what you think it means. Like, that means something else. Um, and she's like, you know, you need to start manifesting. I'm like, what? She's like, manifesting, you know, speaking like it's sold. Today, my house is going to sell. This is going to happen. And I'm like, like, this lady was like pretty out there, pretty new age, pretty into some stuff that I'm definitely not into. But it is amazing that she was using a biblical principle with different language to speak about what she does in her life and what I need to do in mine. And I was like, Wow, yes, I, I do need to start doing that. We can call it manifesting if you want, but yes, I do need to start doing that. I do need to start to speak out in faith. I do need to start to prophesy over my future. I do need to start to give him a mouthful. There's power in our words. Do you know that? There's power in saying, this too shall pass. I will grow through this. My circumstance may not change, but I am changing, but I am growing what would it look like? This is something that I've personally been trying to do over my marriage and over my relationships. What would it look like if you were to do it over yours? If you were to start to give them, not the bad kind of mouthful, but a good kind of mouthful. Instead of pointing out and picking out all the things they're not, what if you decided to celebrate what they were? What if you started to, your spouse or a friend or a work colleague or a parent, and you started to say, man, I love the way that you do that. You are so good at X. You are this at that. You are great at this it would change the relationship. It would change the relationship. It's no different to us and ourselves and our relationship with God. When I, when I take my focus off myself and I start to give God a mouthful, when I start to go, God, I actually believe you're good. God, I don't care what's going on around me. God, I trust that you've got my future. I look back and I see all the times that you've brought me through and I know that I can trust you again. I find myself consistently giving God a mouthful of praise. Not of negativity, not of dumping on him, although he doesn't care when I do do that and he's graceful with me, which I'm thankful for. But I start to lift him up over my circumstances. I remember this cool story in youth ministry. There was this young guy and I met this young guy for the first time at the local primary school over here. He was in grade six, I think, grade six. And I met him doing RI, religious instruction, in the primary school. And I met this young guy, legend, he's a real cool guy. Started coming to youth because we met him at primary school, and you know, young people like that age are so impressionable. So, can I encourage you? If there's someone in that age in your world, be careful. Set a good example, like Pastor Byron was sharing about this morning. Be that godly influence in their life. And he started coming to youth for years and all this sort of stuff. And I remember the time he did his first offering message. And he stood on this stage, and it was, we, we would sort of give young people a go. and I remember him doing his first offering message, and then I remember his last offering message that he did. And his last, I was so proud, it was like, it was like he was my, I don't know, son or something. I'm not quite old enough, but it was like, I was so proud of him in this moment, and I remember he got up here, he was a real tall, lanky guy, like, and he goes, how's my legs? And everyone just laughs, you know, yeah, that guy, we always pay him about how skinny his legs are, you know, and he starts paying his own legs out. And he, and he sort of has a bit of a joke about it, and everyone laughs, and he's like, oh, funny, you know, he's a guy with skinny legs, whatever, and he goes, but you know what? I'm thankful that they work. 
<laughs> he goes, you know what? I'm thankful that I have legs. And it's like, I'm on the front row almost crying at youth, which normally is because, you know, I'm like, get me out of here. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> and I'm like, whoa, like, what a revelation that this young guy had. And he, and he goes, I'm thankful that I can walk. I'm thankful that I... And I was just like, I was blown away by the revelation that this young guy had. And what would it look like if we were to do that over our lives? You know what, God? Yeah. Yeah, maybe some of what those people say is actually true. Maybe I have been stuck here for a long time. But you know what? I'm thankful that I'm this. I'm thankful that I'm that. I'm thankful that in you I have a hope and a future. I'm thankful, Lord, that you will never leave me nor forsake me. I'm thankful that I got this far. I'm thankful that you've blessed me with this. I'm thankful for this person in my life. I'm thankful for that. It would transform the way that we lived. It's time that we started to give God a mouthful of our praise. And you know what? He doesn't actually need it. It's not like those Christmas movies that Santa's sleigh only runs on belief and you have to say all these things to God so that he can have the power to act. Not at all. It's for us because it gets our focus off ourselves and onto him. It gets our focus off the ones that stuff up our future and the one that consistently creates it even though we take the wrong turns every single time. Even though we make mistakes, even though we fall, he consistently gives us a way out and a way through. But where are you at with your praise? Are you having a praise party or a pity party? The band's going to come and we're going to worship in a moment. And worship or praise, don't freak out because I just used the other word and I've been talking about the fast songs this whole time. No, <laughs> that's not praise and worship. That's just what we've called them. And we're going to praise in a moment. We're going to start to lift up God over our circumstance, over that prayer need, that thing that you've been struggling for, over that thing that you've like, I don't know if I have the faith anymore, Caleb. You know what? I've been there. I've been in so many situations where it's like, God, I don't know if I can believe anymore, but, but you know what? I'm going to choose to anyway. God, I'm going to choose to lift you up over this. God, I don't, I can't see a way through. It's like this issue and this issue and this issue. I'm weighing up all my options. I've done the pros and cons chart. I've prayed about this. I've laid a fleece on the lawn. I've done all these things, Lord. But I'm going to praise you. Let's stand to our feet for a moment. God, I just lift up the church to you tonight. God, I just pray, Lord, that we would be people, Lord, that would know how to dress for the occasion. God, that we would be people how to know, how to put on the garment of praise, Lord, and in fact, how to trade our spirit of heaviness for a garment of praise. God, I pray, Lord, that you would show us right now the things that we need to let go of and the things that we need to take hold of. God, right now as a congregation, Lord, we repent. We actually ask for forgiveness, Lord, for the things that we've been holding on to that have been holding us back from our God future. And God, in this moment, I ask, Lord, I pray, I decide, Lord, to give you a mouthful of praise because you deserve it all. God, I pray, Lord, that we would be people, Lord, that would start to praise you and lift you up with our world 
with our words, God. And I ask, Lord, that those same words that we lift to you would shape and alter the world that we encounter and experience here. In Jesus' name.